Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going inside actionable gratitude with only Thanksgiving a couple of days away. You're going to want to pay attention to this one. Yep. So, yeah, first and foremost, thanks for this episode. Yeah. I think when I approach it's different. you, it is, it is. What made this one so different for you from a gratitude standpoint? I didn't want it to be fluffy. Um, I don't, I just don't, I don't think it's a time for fluff out there in the world. I think we need to really be thinking. I always think gratitude is important. I think it's very important. Uh, But I was trying to find a way to get us to look at it a little bit different because it, we really seriously, as a world, as a nation, as a country, as a people, we need to start doing some things seriously different. And this is not a time for just like, oh, I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful for my mashed potatoes. I'm grateful for my cranberry sauce. Like, I think that there's a time and a place for that. And right now is not the time and the place for that kind of gratitude. We need to put gratitude to work. Yeah, put a little effort behind it. 100%. I mean, and, and if you're one of those people that, you know, struggles with finding gratitude, I mean, there is plenty to be grateful for, even through 2020. As difficult as it may have been, this really shined a light on the possibility that we can get through anything as long as we continue to persevere and put our best foot forward. I think a lot of people, instead of going into that, I'm going to be grateful, they go into that victimhood, that blame mentality that we've spoken about on here before. And you just really have to make the most out of every situation. I mean, and I love that you did this because this is really our, this is the third time in our show's history where you've done a, done um, a Thanksgiving episode, you know, leading into the, into the holiday, we're going to, all going to be celebrating here in the States here very shortly. So it was an interesting way because when I approached you about how do you, how do we do a lesson on gratitude that's different? Mm. And this was definitely different. I mean, and, and you said it repeatedly. I mean, it's actionable gratitude. And I love that. I don't think I've ever heard that before. And I was wondering if you could kind of just share a little bit about your process, about what that means to make, put, put gratitude to work, make it actionable. Yeah. So it started with when COVID hit for me anyway. Um, my first response when the COVID thing hit, my first thought process was how can I take what I know and be a benefit to society during this hard time? So it, it started off with us putting together a series of calls at a company. There was no charge to those calls. It was about helping teaching people how to think during a real crazy time um, and and helping people how to think, how to find their way. Uh, and gratitude was a big part of that, of that teaching in that call. And the reason that it was a big part was because the moment that a person slips out of gratitude, they usually start thinking with a victim mindset, which turns into a vindictiveness mindset. And it's, it takes you down a really dark, a really dark road. And there were so many things that changed in society this year that if there's no gratitude there at the surface, it becomes very difficult to put any action behind what it is that you're doing. And part of the reason for that is because not only did we run into challenges, but the way we typically do things uh, 
goods and services, money, like everything started to, to change in such a way that the average person who does not really understand how things are distributed in the world, it makes it very challenging for them to set up other forms of, of distribution or to understand other forms of distribution. Then on top of the COVID thing, we had uh, the George Floyd issue, we had the racism issue, we had the riots issue, we had the defunding the police issue. It was we and then we had the 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 election uh, issue, which is kind of where we are now. And it's been one huge negative thing after another negative thing. And we've got a we've got a here in the United States anyway, people turning on each other, you know looking at the other side as being evil, looking at the other side as being racist, looking at the other side as being destructive. And and it's not just looking at it, it's people taking action on those things. It's, it's turning uh, human against human, brother against brother, sister against sister. And it's not just enough to say, okay, let me, in all this chaos, let me find something that I'm grateful for, even though that is a good thing. It's about, let me do something that I'm grateful for. Let me go out and be a benefit to my fellow human being in some way, shape, or form. Because if we don't start doing that, we're never going to turn, we're never going to turn the darkness that's out there around. And And that's something that it's something that happened like we've like the people in our generation have never seen before. There's a darkness that has risen uh, that's really dark. And you know that it's really dark when the the pain, the hurt, the fear, the blame is directed at other groups of individuals. Um, and it's directed in a way where there's this, there's this uh, talk underneath that that group of individuals needs to be punished severely for their belief system. And that's where it's, that's the road that it's starting to head down. Uh, and that's actually been verbalized by people in sure. the House of Representatives, uh, people that we have in government. And when I saw that start to happen, I was like, this is a slippery slope. If, if, I mean, it needs to it needs to change fast. Yeah, I mean, when you speak in generalizations, as it, as has been going on yes. uh, post election and moving forward, it's very dangerous because you thought a certain way or said a certain thing or stepped out and did something, you are considered a part of that group and they start putting everybody in the same boat. Yeah. I heard that if you, you know, if you voted for Trump, you're an idiot or a racist. If you voted for Biden, you are stupid. Like both, nobody wins. Absolutely right. nobody won in this whole situation because we're just attacking one another. And, so, and the, but, and, but the thing is, is that that would be one thing. But now that there's people that are on the far left side of uh, our democracy who want to start making lists of individuals that of people who supported Trump and destroying their lives because of it, th- it, it has to stop. We live in a country where we are supposed to respect the opposite viewpoint, right? Uh, not destroy it. And when it starts to go down that road, that's dark, dark. That's really, sure. really dark. Um, it's, you know, like you don't have to like Trump. You can, you're even free to hate Trump if you want. But 
you cannot take our political process and start removing, punishing people because they have a voice. You can't do that. That's not what yeah. this country is about. Yeah, you know, that it is not. And and countries that have done that in the past, and we all all we have to do is look at our look at the history of this world. We can see how bad, how dark. I mean, that's what happened with. That's what happened with Stalin. That's what happened with Hitler. That's what happened with Pol Pot. Anybody that came out and 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 talked about something different, uh, you know, that's where the gulags, you know, came from. It's it it. This is why I wanted to do something different with this. Yeah. We need to take action, but we need to take action in a positive way, not in let me crush my brother way. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been dedicating more and more time to this conversation because it's a bigger conversation. And if we bring it back to what it takes to have a successful mind, because that's what we do here, and that's what right. you're so masterful at, is what does it require to have a successful mind? And one thing you said in the episode that I loved and I highlighted and bolded and underlined twice, we are better than what we are experiencing. Could you talk a little bit more about that and refresh our minds about why that message re is so impactful especially now well so in the way that the way that I'm uh, looking at it and experiencing it is I'm I'm seeing a lot of the worst of human nature and we're seeing it come to a to a, a real head here the question is well what caused all of this right well the truth is is that there's a lot of causes but if you if you bring it all the way if we take this all the way back, Right, and actually, I could speak about this for for three days. It comes from there being a gap in the individual mind of every individual as to how safe and certain are we in society. Period. And when you have individuals that do not feel safe in society because primarily their belief system is skewed. In other words, for whatever reason, and this is not a blame or a judgment on anybody, but for whatever reason, a person was taught that they're a victim, they've experienced life as a, a victim, or they've been victimized, um, that leaves real emotional scars with someone. It becomes their reality in a lot of ways. And when that gets, when that gets spread into a larger group of individuals, it becomes like a cancer. So the because there's an inherent there's an inherent flaw in the way people are thinking and the other and they're being judged by other people instead of being helped they they kind of start to band together and they're banding together over a common a common weakness or a common problem it's one thing if they band together and try to get out of that problem by by really understanding that they're that they have a problem to begin with and they're going to try to raise themselves up they're going to try to make themselves better but when it turns that it's not their problem that someone else caused this and they're stuck there because of it now we have a bigger problem and you, this is what causes two people to start fighting then because they're not they're both fighting over a lie they're fighting over something that's not true um 
we we have we have fought and died and sacrificed for the individual for our individuality for the words of our constitution for each person not only in an ideology to be free and equal but from uh, a point of demonstration like how can we demonstrate our equality how can we demonstrate our uh, the amazing parts of ourselves when that starts to go away though even though it's written down and it's supposed to be the backbone of what we have as a society, then you open the door for something else to come out, a darkness that starts to exacerbate because it's not in check. Nobody's checking it. Nobody's helping this go away. And it turns into then two sides fighting over something that's not true. That's the fucked up thing about this whole thing. Both sides are fighting over something that is absolutely not true. However, they're bringing it into the reality and and it turns into problems that are true, but the underlying cause is fear. You see it on both sides. It's fear, but we cannot agree how to get rid of the fear. We're both, we're both, both sides are looking at the other side as being the cause of the fear and they're not the cause of the fear. So what does this do? It allows this whole cloud of darkness to come over all of it and then that's when real danger comes out. So we're, we are not being our best selves. I do believe that there's people out there that are trying to get us to a place where our best selves can come to the surface. But we need to talk about what's really happening. And it's not policy versus policy. That is not the problem. It is what is making the individual feel so insecure to begin with. And the finger pointing that's taking place over like, I'm afraid because you're this. I don't have what I need because you're that. We don't come to a resolution there. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah, for sure. And it's one of those situations where I feel like people are trying to win others over to their side. And if they don't come to that side, then it becomes an issue of, well, you're an idiot and I'm going to demean you and beat you down right. and knock you down right. instead of just having an open and honest conversation. You know, debates are a huge part of of our country. Like having a, a, a debate about something shouldn't have to be turned into the threat of I'm going to hurt you, I'm going to destroy you, I'm going to do something awful to you and your family. It should be able, you should be able to have an opinion and you should be able to express that opinion and the other person should respect, I love how you use the word respect there, respect the other person's opinion. You don't have to win everybody over to your side. That's what makes our democracy beautiful. I mean, and you know, there's people out there that'll say, well, it's, you know, we're doomed. I, I don't believe we're doomed. I am fully confident that Everything's always going to work out. It always does. We go through these things. And like you said, our generation, we've experienced, you know, things like 9-11, recessions, you know, some wars, Vietnam, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. All these things, they always come in cycles. This just happened to be 2020. If you want to look at it as a shit show, you're more than welcome to. I think for a lot of people, it was a pause to realize that, hey, it's not always great, but are we just going to play the victim and complain about it, or are we going to actually do something about it? And when you say we're better than what we're experiencing, that is an inside job. I think it always comes back to personal responsibility. Again, we can take a moment to be the transformation. Yes. Well, the, hence, the, hence actionable gratitude. Yes. Right. Because if, if we would just, you know, take this Thanksgiving and say, wait a minute, 
let me stop blaming the other side, right? And let me look at what can I do to make this better? How can I be part of the solution? So like one of the first questions you asked me was, well, how did this come to play yeah, for me? Yeah. It was because I looked at in March when this started happening, how can our company, Life Is Now, be part of the solution? How could the Successful Mind podcast be part of the solution? How could what I'm really great at in the world be part of the solution? And we immediately put that into into action. Steph and I had a conversation. This is what we're going to do. We immediately turned the ship to that's what we're going to do. And we had to all learn and, and, and grow along the way. But I would like to think, and I do believe that we've been a huge part of the solution as far as our reach goes, and it continues to expand. So that's why I wanted to do something that was a little edgier this year. Um, and, and, and really move like, it's like, let's get out. Like it's, yeah, we all need the celebration. There's no question, but it is not a time to just take our foot off the gas, uh, because the party switched or whatever the hell is going to happen with all that. It, it is a time for us to double down on what's good and what's right and what's best for everyone, not just what's best for my little corner of the world, because that's what's gotten us into this problem to begin with. Yeah, we're not sweeping anything under the rug when we all join at our Thanksgiving tables yeah. this year. We realize it's been difficult. I've, I've lost family members. We've lost, you know, uh, income opportunities. We've had certain things that that went away. And, and, you know, it just wasn't always easy. But at the same time, you don't want to just pretend like they don't happen because if you pretend it didn't happen, then the next day you go back to life as usual and then you're back to complaining, you're back to right. being a victim and all these other sorts of right. things. So if we can come to the table, celebrate. And one thing that you're really good at is you seem to be grateful Always. I am. Now, I'm, I, that, that is one, even when it was difficult, even when we were back in, you know, March having the difficult decision to shut down the office and go work remote for a month or two, um, you, never wa- you never wavered in your resolute gratitude, the actionable gratitude. And you actually, you know, you just gave. You, you gave of yourself every week or every night. You were doing things. You were putting the word out there. You very easily could have just sat there and said, because you're a, you're a studier of human psychology, uh. you very easily could have gone down a rabbit hole and been like, conspiracy, it's all about China, they're doing this, they release COVID, you know, but you didn't. You're like, what can I do to make this better? And yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, my gratitude is going to lead to greatness. Yeah. And I think that is just, I, looking back, it feels like a year ago or two years ago when this all went <laughs> down. And it really wasn't. I mean, no. it, March and April wasn't that long ago. And we're having this conversation. But I loved the the way you position gratitude different, differently here because it is something that you can action. It is a muscle that you can work. And you, you have to work it right you now. Do. Like, it's nothing... I'm afraid to say this, but nothing seems to be easy for a lot of people. And that's the victim piece right there. So you need to catch yourself in those moments because I even say, well, that's not fair. Or, uh, that, you know, that's, I, I'm not grateful for that. Or if you say those things out loud, you're, you're adding power. It's the first to those step. Things. Yeah. It's the first step. So you really need to think about that. And that's in the episode you talked about the need for transformation. And you talked about the need for it being a person at that level to be able to do that. And the personal responsibility piece and that actionable message that we bring to our Thanksgiving table, we're going to be able to contribute coming out of it even better because we're bringing awareness to it. I love that. 
I think it's, I think it's so important. Um, you did mention we have to get out of victimhood, like I said a moment ago, and accept responsibility and how we grow moving forward. Growth is always key. If you're not growing, you're dying. Uh, this year especially, like I said, it's been a challenge, but you know, it's been one of the best years we've ever had if you stop and think about it from a growth opportunity standpoint. Sure, sure. I mean, you've grown, I've grown. I mean, most of the people that we surround ourselves with have grown because they acknowledge that I'm going to be bigger than whatever's happening right now and right. I will get through it. Right. If you, if you, and, and, and even, you know, there's also a lot of negative talk around this. There's a lot of companies that have done very well and there are certain people in the news that would make that, make it sound predatory. Um, but it's not predatory at all when the companies are contributing to the solving or the or the getting out of the problem or helping people along the way. Our company has done that. So the thing is, is that when whether it's a bad time or it's a good time, if we would just recognize that when we do things with the intention of helping other individuals, we all get better. We all continue to grow. When we tolerate any kind of self-justification for hatred in any way, we do not grow. We spread the dark. We spread the dark. And there are people out there that are doing nothing but spreading the dark. And I don't care what the reason is that they're doing it. That's just self-justification. It's completely and entirely wrong. It infects us worse than COVID does because it tears us down psychologically. And we are a world that is already oh, trying to make it through a very, very difficult and dangerous time just from the aspect of this disease that we have that's going on in our society. Um, and then to get to allow ourselves to be whapped by the the disagreement of ideology in the country and the bad behavior of some people, it's it's like listen, we have to grab ourselves by the by our own bootstraps and say there is there is the right thing to do and the right thing to do is to maintain our service to to everyone you know to to really stand in that and stop tearing down groups of individuals because you don't agree that is not how we handle things in the you know our society when you think about it i mean it would have been amazing to know the people that 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 wrote our constitution and just to kind of get a feel for where were they coming from in this enlightened moment that they created uh, the document, you know, the, the, the document that's known as our Constitution? Um, but it has given us, if you think about how long ago it was written and you think about how much we need that document today to hold ourselves to a higher standard and how that document really is the envy of the world. I mean, it is a standard, Right to look at the things that we do that are not uh, flattering at all and look at that document and say, listen, we the people needs to be the standard that we come from when we treat each other like a brother and a sister. And that that should be, that should be something that is uh, a commonality a higher standard over everything else. Everything else should be secondary when we consider how we're going to behave, what we're going to think, 
and what we're going to determine. If it does not benefit everybody, then it shouldn't be something that we really that we really consider. And and what is what is not benefiting bene, uh, uh, benefiting everybody is the behavior of a lot of people uh, today. So I said, you know. You know, typically I do gratitude around Thanksgiving, right? Because it's Thanksgiving. The whole idea is what are we grateful for? You know, traditionally it's the harvest, you know, uh, all of that. And I thought it needs to be more. There needs to be more to it. It, it, That gratitude, damn it, needs to be actionable. And we need to keep it actionable. Or we end up in a victim mindset, right? If I just say I'm grateful, but I don't act grateful, if I don't behave grateful, if I don't put that into some future activity and vision and behavior, what am I going to start looking at? And it's today, it's probably easier than ever for us to look at what's wrong. Any idiot can look at what's wrong today and grab onto it, and it becomes the totality of how they make decisions. And that's not good. That's like... As long as I'm here, it's not going to be something I'm going to be pushing. I'll yeah, tell you're you that. Subscribing to that, for absolutely sure. not. You know, one thing that I think is lost in all of this is that our country is only 244 years old, right? Yeah. So if you think of it in terms of, say, an unruly teenager, that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, we're going through yeah, some growth pains if you stop and think about it. And we are a very resilient people. I think the globe recognizes that we are a very every, many people who are not from U.S. Respect the U.S. and what we do as far as innovation and moving, you know, technology forward and things like this. It's very easy, like you said, and I love that you said this, to, to point out all the bad things that are happening. But if you stop and think for a moment what we've accomplished in 244 years, you have to know there's going to be some bumps and some ebbs and some flows. And right now we may be in a little bit of a, a trough, if you will, but that's not a bad place to be because it allows us to stop and take stock of okay, the rise is going to be mighty. And I yeah. think that's where we find ourselves right now. Right. But if, you, if we become a country that refuses to deal with its own dark side, then what ends up happening is that, you know, here's, what we, here's the way we have been dealing with it for the most part. We push it under the rug. But now what we're doing is we're projecting it onto large groups of people. It's like, and when it hit, when it hit when I saw that I'm like I've had enough because right. typically I don't bring that stuff into the successful mind podcast sure. but it's sure. like it's affecting everybody's life at this point it is it, it is it is it is uh, first and foremost a mindset issue and then it is a strategic issue. Um, but if people don't understand what's actually causing this, they don't have a hope in hell to change it because it's too convoluted at this point. There's too many things that have been dragged into this where the danger is we don't understand what the real problem is, so we don't know what to fix. Sure. And then it just keeps going and going and going, and it's you know it's not a good thing. Well, and and uh, you know we we you and I both at first kind of hesitated a little bit to have these conversations around whatever politics or the state of the country. But you get to a place where, you know, people come to you to see how they can help their mindset shift to one of being successful. And I think the more we talk about these things from your perspective, the more people, and I know there's probably some out there that are thinking, oh, well, you just get on with it. The election's been over for nearly, you know, over uh, nearly a month. Well, then don't listen. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't care. Don't listen. Go look, you know. We are at a place right now where these are very important conversations to have because it is flexing that muscle every single day. You can't take a day off with this stuff. No. You really have to flex that mindset muscle every single day because... 
I can eat, I, you know, I like to consider myself a strong mindset person, but there are, if I start reading certain things, I very quickly can be taken down a different trajectory yeah. and I will flip flop back and forth like none other. It's and, and I've been doing this with you for 11 years. So imagine the person who's coming to us, who's relatively new to you and they're bouncing between idea and then they believe fully and then, oh, no, maybe I'm over here. And it gets really, really scary. That's why I'm glad that people come to you. And I know that our listeners are like, hell yes, this is a conversation around gratitude that I've been waiting for. Right. Because there's truth in this gratitude. Perfect. All right. Well, you said that be a pillar of good, be the light. That was the challenge to the listeners. So I would challenge each of you to go out there and be that pillar of good. I mean, it starts at home. It starts with you. It's an inside job. So do what you need to do. So I've just got a few more questions that um, we're going to, we're going to pivot now. We're going to talk just completely about Thanksgiving right now, since we are going, <laughs> okay. we are going to the holiday here in a couple yeah. of days here in the States. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I just wanted to know if you have any favorite Thanksgiving memories from maybe when you were a kid or any special traditions you took part in around this, uh, festive holiday. This is my favorite holiday. So I always like, yeah, to yeah. It's a favorite. It's like. a family favorite. It's yeah. a family favorite. Just, you know, the, the, the contribution of the things that I've done with my kids, uh, throughout this holiday, like one of the fa- one of my favorite memories was was um, when I was back w- when I was working in the industry where we were uh, fueling equipment, when I worked for a petroleum company, I had an, an opportunity to uh, fuel this company that that was, I don't know what the hell they were doing with these turkeys. I, I don't even remember what they were doing with them, but there were tr- tractor trailer loads of turkeys. And they gave me several cases. I think I had like 50 turkeys, right, that they gave me the, to take. So what I did was I distributed some of them throughout my family. Everybody got a turkey. Um, but then me and my two oldest children took the turkeys to a homeless shelter, and we cooked dinner for the homeless uh, all morning uh, for, for Thanksgiving for like, for like half a day. And it was um, uh, to, to give my kids that experience, to be able to, you know, do some actionable gratitude there it really was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was a way to be able to bless several of the homeless shelters in the city that I lived in at the time. I think the, like we hit most of them. We, I had so many birds, you know, I was like, what am I going to do with all these damn turkeys? But that was, that's what we did. We gave them to the homeless shelters and then we went into one of them and we actually cooked a meal for, for hundreds of homeless people. Yeah, it's it's such an act of selflessness and humility, and it's just a beautiful thing. I mean, you actually gave that gift to us in your Destination 7 program years ago when we packed up books for Africa, and we put together boxes for the homeless shelters. I mean, just by engaging in that little simple thing, you remember that you're a human and that you're helping other humans, and that's something that's lost, and that just gave me chills, so that's amazing. That's great. Um, How about uh, turkey? Roasted, deep fried, or smoked? Smoked. Oh, my God. Every day of the week. Seriously, the best best turkey I've ever had is Yeah, throw it on the green. Throw it on the green egg, and I still to this day, and I've had delicious turkeys all over the country. That one is my favorite. Yeah, I was, you know, here's the thing. That was not that was not part of my childhood to smoke turkey. My mom made it in the oven just probably. Yep. And I don't remember where the first place was that I tasted it, but this is easily oh, this is longer than 20 years ago. This is probably almost 30 years ago now. And what I did was um, I had a real cheap smoker in my early 20s, and I and I, it took me 24 hours to make my first smoked turkey. Didn't know what I was doing, um, but it was unbelievably right. amazing. And uh, then as the years went on, I ended up getting a green egg, oh, which it, I mean that man does that make a good oh, smoked turkey? God. You know, and it doesn't make it. It doesn't take 24 hours no, anymore doesn't. to make it. 
Um, but yeah, it's a it's that. a it's a favorite. Like I, I've never run across anybody that doesn't nope. taste it and be like, oh my god, this is amazing. So yeah. that'll I mean, probably be another do this year. It's true, yeah, and it's funny because we only eat turkey like once a year. <laughs> it's on Thanksgiving. If I had a green egg, I would. Well, I should go get a green egg, but you've got one, so why right. not use yours? I usually make one, bring it over to your house. I totally, <laughs> absolutely love it. Um, what is your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? Um, I like so I like the smoked turkey mashed potatoes and gravy, stuffing. Um, I like pumpkin pie, blueberry pie. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Pumpkin pie, blueberry pie. I do like cherry pie. Uh, blueberry is my favorite pie, but I do, but I but I like pumpkin pie. I yeah. also like coconut cream pie. Um, <laughs> it's Thanksgiving and then, desserts. Yeah, Thanksgiving desserts. And then like uh, sometimes, like if we have guests over or whatever, somebody will make something that is a tradition from their family or from a different culture, which I always find fascinating, and it's usually delicious, whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there anything you won't eat? Uh, for Thanksgiving? Yeah. No, I can't say that there is. Yeah, me either. No, I think, yeah, like there, there's never been, a, not in that meal, there's nothing that, that I don't like. I'm probably one of the few Irish people that don't like mashed potatoes. <laughs> like I just, it's not my Yeah, you don't thing. like, but your kids do. I, my kids love mashed your potatoes. Your kids love And they like potatoes. the real mashed potatoes that, that David Nagel makes, which yeah. was potato buds <laughs> at the time. Yeah, You've they didn't know. potatoes before I know. too, but I know. yeah. I mean, Emma, that blew her mind. Like I love, I just love David's potatoes. They were potato buds, but she didn't know the difference because right. she absolutely loved them. Um, leftovers, yay or nay? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. How do you get down on leftovers after? Do so you, do when you... I was a kid, when I was a kid, my favorite leftover was a turkey sandwich with uh, with American cheese and mayonnaise, stuffing on the side, and Ruffles potato chips or pretzels. Yes. And it was that. And then it was like watching television in the afternoon or something like that. That was just, uh, that's like a, a, a warm, fuzzy memory from my, from my childhood. Yeah. You know what I loved about my Thanksgiving spent in the Midwest? Because we lived in Wisconsin for eight years. They do Thanksgiving dinner at like noon, right? Yes. So we would yes, get together totally. at noon. Yep. We would eat our Thanksgiving dinner and then we'd pass out for a couple hours, watch some football. And then at about the five o'clock hour, when normally most people yep. are sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner, we're having supper or however you want to phrase right. it in farming terms. And then you'd take out all the leftovers and start making the sandwiches and putting the turkey and the mayonnaise. And there's this there's this sauce that I can't get enough of called uh, Famous Sauce, which is made by Durkee. We call it Durkee's, but uh -huh. it's, it's kind of like a mustard mayo hybrid. Smear a little of that on then put the potato chips right on the sandwich yeah, and crunch yeah, it yeah. down. That's what I love to do. But I just think that, and I did say at the beginning, this is my favorite Biscuits. holiday. Oh, yeah, Gotta totally. Well, especially down here in the South, right. right? I mean, we get to a place of this holiday is so important. And I think the one thing, the tradition that you've given us and several of your clients who have gone through some of your events is the appreciations and gratitudes. Yeah. So one of the things I like that we like to do, and we've done this many years at our house, is we go around the table and share a little bit about you know what we appreciate about ourselves, and then what we're grateful for from the year that was. And I think you know looking back on 2020, when we sit down in a few days, I think we're all going to have something uh, to really think about and to ponder. But know that um, this is an unprecedented time. That's that's really taught us how strong we are, right. how resilient we are. And we know that in the law of polarity, the 
better things are yet to come. So, but I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, you know, taking time to talk about your Thanksgiving memories a little yeah, bit. I appreciate us. you too. I think people are going to enjoy this episode and we do hope that all of you have a very, uh, amazing Thanksgiving and, um, we'll see much. you on the next one. Yeah. So thanks for coming inside later. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.